And this morning I want to speak to you about growing old gracefully. This month, <laughs> I've just got to be careful where I look. You know. <laughs> growing old gracefully. You know, I firmly believe that we can go through this life and we can journey this life with the joy of the Lord being our strength and that when we get to our twilight years, when we get to our last days, we don't need to be grumpy, we don't need to be bitter, we don't need to be disappointed and resentful and all those sorts of things, but we can be living right to the end with the joy of the Lord and being excited about the future, having more dreams than we do, memories. Yeah. And so I want to talk to you about that today and over the next week or so. It started with this. I saw a picture of myself. I saw a picture of myself during the week and this particular picture concerned me greatly. I had a look at that picture because it was no ordinary picture. You see, on your phone, you can get this app. Some of you may have this app. And what it does is you, you take a selfie of your face and then you press a button and it shows you how old you will be when you're 80. Or what you'll look like, sorry. <laughs> because when you're 80, you'll probably be 80. Although, although you might feel different about that later. And so we took this photo of my face and we pressed the button and Aiden, if you can show that, this is how it turned out. <laughs> I thought, I thought, great. When I'm 80, I'm going to be Santa Claus. <laughs> or Rex Hunt, for those who know Rex Hunt. Yibbida, yibbida. Okay, you can please turn that off now. Oh dear. Now, now listen, some of you laughed at my picture, I know. But let me just say this. If some of you, you would take this photo, press the button for 80, this photo wouldn't change. I'm not going to look at anyone, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, the fact is this. The fact is, we're not as young as we used to be, and nor are you. And though I would consider myself middle-aged and young people, that does not mean I came from the Middle Ages. Okay, that's something very different. Though I consider myself middle-aged, there are some things that I just can't do now that I used to be able to do. Um, there are certain things physically that I just can't handle like I used to be able to handle. I can't run like I used to be able to run the light-footed sprightly gazelle that I once was has now become a overfed laboring walrus <laughs> I, I, I can't stay up and party like I used to I used to enjoy going out and and staying up late, and, and, and the, but, but the energetic party animal has now become a little bit of a sleepy lizard. 
These days, if I have a party, uh, the neighbours don't even realise it. Um, <clears throat> I actually look forward to a dull evening. Is anyone like that? I saw quite a few young people put their hands up. I certainly can't comb my hair like I used to. The glorious lion's mane has become a bald eagle. Here's a word of warning for some of you young guys who have long hair. Let me just give you a word of warning. Today's mullet is tomorrow's skinhead. Beware, beware. I'm sure many of you have heard some of these statements before, but I thought I'd just share a few of them with you. You know you're getting old when? You know you're getting old when you and your teeth don't sleep together. (laughs) You know you're getting old when you try to straighten out the wrinkles in your socks and discover you're not wearing any. You know you're getting old when at breakfast you hear snap, crackle and pop and you're not even eating cereal. (laughs) You know you're getting old when you wake up looking like your driver's license picture. (laughs) You know you're getting old when it takes two tries to get up from the couch. (laughs) You know you're getting old when it takes longer to rest than it did to get tired. You know you're getting old when you sit in a rocking chair and you can't get it going. (laughs) You know you're getting old when you keep getting woken up from sleep because people think you're dead. (laughs) Bit of dark humour there. (laughs) You know you're getting old when you bend over and figure you might as well look for something else to do while you're down there. final one you know you're getting old when the little old grey-haired lady you help across the streets your wife (laughs) you know it's inevitable it's inevitable that we will grow old that we will go through this journey of life together and the physical aspects of life as I said earlier might start to get just a little bit harder but you know that doesn't mean that we inevitably become bitter or we become grumpy or we become dissatisfied and resentful about life let me read to you about Moses in Deuteronomy 34 verse 7 it says this Moses was 120 years old when he died yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. Isn't that a good promise? I'm promising that. I mean, the eyesight's struggling a bit. And there's certainly no photos of Moses with glasses. Let me read to you another scripture. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day 
our spirits are being renewed every day. Do you see the promise to the child of God is this, that while the physical uh, gets older, our spirit can remain young and strong. For those who love the Lord Jesus Christ, the issue's not about physical deterioration. It's about spiritual rejuvenation. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling rejuvenated this morning. I've been in the presence of God. I've been enjoying uh, the wonderful worship that we've had this morning. And when I'm in His presence, I feel rejuvenated. I feel younger because of that. Bible tells us that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up with wings as eagles. I believe that strength there is not just a physical strength. I believe it's a mental strength. I believe it's a spiritual strength that comes to our lives. Don't allow yourself to become old. Be renewed daily in your spirit. Amen. Psalm 37, 25 says this, David says these words, Once I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. This is what David is saying here. He's saying, listen, whether you are young, whether you are old, it does not matter. All that I know is that God never abandons his faithful ones. In verse 34, he continues on. He says, put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along his path. In other words, he's saying stay steadfast in this journey with Jesus and it's going to be a great life. It's going to be an awesome life. Will there be difficult times? Yes, there will be. In verse 24 of this same psalm, David says this, the godly will stumble. Okay, there will be stumbles, there will be struggles, there will be some trials along the way. He says, the godly will stumble, but will not fall, for the Lord upholds them with his hand. That's good news. Yes, there will be struggles, but the Lord will uphold us through all of this. There will be tough times, but the Holy Spirit will give you sustaining power in and through the situations. For some of you, that's a word from God today. Because you're facing a struggle. You're facing a trial. The good news is that, hey, yes, there is a stumbling. There is a struggle. But the Lord will hold you with His right hand. You will not fall. You will not fall to this situation. That's good news. My pulpit keeps wobbling. You know, I... I'm refusing to, to get old and become one of those grumpy old men. I'm refusing to do that. I, I refuse to be one of those old guys who constantly whinges about the price of petrol and enjoys hearing about people's operations. I refuse to be that kind of person. I refuse to be the kind of person who, who dreams about prudes or, or, or wears black socks with sandals. I refuse to be that kind of person. I refuse to sit around having heated arguments about the latest pension plan. I refuse to be one of those people who yells at the kids riding down the footpath for having too much energy. Get off the footpath. 
I refuse to be that kind of person. You know what I'm going to do? If I get to that age, if I get to that age, I'm going to get one of those scooters. I'm going to get a scooter and, a, and, and I'm going to get a, a big flag on the back. It's going to be a Adelaide Crows premiership flag waving from the back. Because, yes, thank you, Jenny and Tony. I see those hands. Because they'll have at least eight premierships by then. Some of you are thinking you'll have to live to 250 to see that. And I'll get out with the kids. I'll paint a GP stripe on the side. Yes, now you're talking, Trish. And I'll get out there and I'll have drag races with the kids. That's the kind of person I... And, and listen, if I should happen to get a speeding ticket, well, I'm sorry, but at that age, I'll consider it an achievement. <laughs> There's a country of Steve Rollins here today. Kids, don't speed. It's wrong. But you know, as... As a child of God, my spirit is renewed daily. I can wake up every day of my life knowing that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. There it goes again. It's one of the things I love about my dear friend, Alan Davis. Now, Alan Davis, though he's retired, he still has more energy than I'll ever have. And I love that about Alan, and I love the vigor and the energy that he has. And you know what? I think it's because he fully embraces his life in Christ. Thank you, Alan, for your example. Appreciate it. But you see, the problem is that on this journey with Jesus, I see too many young people getting old. And I see too many old people giving into a low subsistence of living. I see 20-year-olds with 60-year-old souls, and I see 50-year-olds with a, a shriveled-up spirit, and it's not meant to be that way as a child of God. So what we need to do right from the outset of our journey is we need to learn and apply some valuable keys to growing old gracefully with each other and with the Lord. It applies to all of us. If we embrace this kind of living while we're young, we set ourselves up for a wonderful life in Christ Jesus, not necessarily free from struggle, but a wonderful life nevertheless. And so I just want to share a few keys this morning and next week as well, I want to share a few keys of growing old gracefully, and they apply to all of us here today. The first one's this. If you want to grow old gracefully, be an encourager. Be an encourager. Galatians 6, 9 and 10 says this. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Can I just encourage you today to make encouragement a habit in your life? Make it a habit in your life. Encouragement is something that is given that costs so little but brings such rich reward. 
It really does. It brings, have you ever been in one of those situations where you've been feeling really down and, and you just needed, and someone just wrote you a little email or someone just sent you a card or someone just rang you and called you and, and just said, hey, I just want to know I've been praying for you. And all of a sudden it lifts your spirit. It lifts you up from that place. What was it? It was a word of encouragement, a little thing that meant so much. Christian blogger Glennon Doyle Milton says this, the amazing thing about love and attention and encouragement and grace and success and joy is that these things are infinite. We get a new supply every single morning and so we can give it away all day. We never ever have to monitor the supply of others or grab or hoard. There's something new to give each and every day. Now, I thought one thing we could do this morning is I thought we could take just a short moment to encourage someone next to us. So this is what I want us to do. I, don't want, uh, I want you to think about the person next to you just for a moment, and I want you to just say a sentence. I don't want you to be silly with it. I just want you to encourage them. For some, you may not know that person particularly well, so you may say, hey, you're looking great today. It's so good to have you in church today. Or whatever it might be. So I'm going to count down from 10 to 0, and then I want to hear you sharing something encouraging with the person next to you today. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, some of you have started already, 3, 2, one, way you go. Okay, that's enough. You're being way too encouraging. Thank you. Let's have your attention here now. Who felt encouraged by just that moment? Great, good to see lots of people. Now, there may have been people that through that little circumstance there didn't get encouraged. You may not be sitting next to one, anyone or, or whatever. So God told me there would be people here today that through that time wouldn't feel encouraged. And so while I was preparing, the Holy Spirit said to me, share this particular passage with those who need encouragement this morning. So here it is, Isaiah 43, verses 1 to 7. But now, O Israel, tell Israel there, insert your name, put your name there. But now, the Lord who created you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I've called you by name, you are mine. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I'll be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt, Ethiopia, and Seba as a ransom for your freedom. Others died that you might live. I traded their lives for yours because you are so precious to me. 
You are honoured and I love you. Do not be afraid for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east to west and from north to south. I'll bring my sons and my daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. All who claim me as their God will come for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. Amen. Some of you have been worrying about your kids. Some of you have been worrying about those who live distant from the north to south or east to west. The promise of God for you today and the encouragement for your heart today is he'll bring them back. He'll bring them back. Keep trusting him. Keep believing him. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Often in life, we don't get the encouragement that we would like. And there are times that we need to learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord. There's been times when there's been no one around and I've been feeling really down and, and I've just had to get to the Lord and say, God, I encourage myself in you today. I'm your child and you are a king. That makes me a king's kid. You are incredible. You love me with infinite, everlasting love. Thank you, God. Lord, I can do all things through you because you strengthen me. You give me what I need to face this hurdle in my life. I thank you for that. Greater you that are in me than he that is in the world. And so I can hold on to that promise in this circumstance, Lord, because I know I live as an overcomer. I know I live in the victory and the power of Jesus Christ. I know you have empowered me and enabled me by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, I can get beyond this thing in Jesus' name. Seek God each day, each day. Say, Lord, show me how I can be an encouragement to someone else today. Amen. Second thing is this. If we want to grow old gracefully, be a gift giver. What do I mean by that? Be a gift giver. I mean, have a generous spirit. Have a generous spirit. Spirit, you can give of your time, you can give of your talent, you can give of your treasure because you have been blessed by God. You've been blessed by God. Hebrews 13, 16 says this, Don't forget to do good and to share what you have with those in need for such sacrifices are very pleasing to God. If you want to grow old gracefully, can I encourage you? Don't be stingy. Don't be a tightwad. I like that phrase. You know, I've noticed over the years that people who live stingy become lonely. Don't be like that, but have a generous spirit. Always have a generous spirit. I thank God that Capital Edge is a church of people who are filled with a generous spirit. One of the things I love about this church is that so many of you are filled with an incredible, generous spirit towards God, towards the church, towards others. It's wonderful. Let the Holy Spirit direct your giving. You know, just, just say, Holy Spirit, you just direct me towards someone today who I can bless in a very real way. It's amazing what can happen. It really is. Ask Him to... Direct. If you want to grow old gracefully, be an encourager, be a gift giver. And thirdly, do real life together. Do real life together. 
We can have that next photo up there. Aiden, that'll be great. No, not that one. <laughs> yes, that's that one. This photo is of two of my closest mates. On, the, on uh, this side, we've got Chris, and on the other side, Simon, and me in the middle, when I had a little bit of hair. It looks like we were enjoying life. It looks like this is a couple of, uh, this is a, a group of larrikins just getting together, having a bit of a joke, having a bit of a laugh. But this photo was actually taken at one of the most difficult times of Edie and my life. You see, this photo was taken at the funeral of Edie's mum. And we've gone over to the peninsula, the York Peninsula, which is about three and a half hours from Adelaide, for the funeral. And when we arrived there, these two guys with their wives had travelled four hours by car to come and be with us and just love on us and just encourage us and just be there. You, you see, that's real life. That's real life. Uh, being real means being there in the pain as well as the good times because fair weather friends are not really friendly and so can i encourage you today and as a church in particular let's be people who build meaningful relationship beyond just the superficial stuff allow trust and allow vulnerability to become part of your relationship break down the walls and take off the mask be an initiator and a reciprocator of friendship keep enlarging your friendship circle and can i encourage us as a church here at capital edge let's never become clicky let's never allow our departments and our connect groups to become self-absorbed so that anyone who wants to join just feels kind of awkward i don't want that let our groups be all embracing of new people there's always room for one more and let's have a strategy so that when people come into our little group that might have been together for a long time let's have a strategy where that person can feel like they are loved and accepted and belong as if they've been there forever Everyone must feel welcome. You know, in today's world, this is what happens in today's Christian world. People will want to belong before they believe. Never used to be that way. But these days, people will want to belong before they believe. And when we reach out in a genuine, real friendship and love, this may well be the key to unlocking someone's heart into believing and accepting Jesus Christ. But the opposite is also true, and it's a real challenge to us as God's church. How many people don't believe because they never felt like they belonged? That's a challenge to all of us. Let's do real life. Let's do real life together and the final thing this morning is this we want to grow old gracefully don't withdraw or shut down when things get tough don't withdraw or shut down when things get tough 
when there are trials in life it's amazing isn't it that our natural inclinations seems to be to withdraw to run away and hide to isolate ourselves from others why do we do that i believe it actually goes back to adam and eve who hid in the garden from god when they had sinned and i believe that there's this thing in our adamic line in our in our sin line that runs through our veins and causes us to run from god rather than to god you know i I know people who have spent literally years withdrawn and isolated being robbed of the joy of living this wonderful life in jesus christ why do we withdraw when things get tough I think, I'm not a psychologist, but I think there are five main reasons why we do that. The first is shame of sin. No one can forgive me, and what's worse, I can't forgive myself. The fear of judgment. What will people think of me? The lie of offence. I've been hurt by them, so really, I don't need them. The loss of hope. There's no way out of this. I'm, I'm stuck in this situation forever. And then there's just that wall of protection. You see, I'm safest when I'm by myself. I'm better off left alone. But you see, if we want to grow old gracefully, we need to learn to deal with our sin. If there's a shame of sin and you withdraw, Let me tell you what happens. The darkness only grows dimmer. It only gets blacker. And the answer is always going to be to run to the light of His grace. Run to the light of His grace. Will the light reveal our imperfections? Absolutely. But here's the thing. It will also purify them so that we become more like Jesus Christ. If there's a fear of judgment and you withdraw, the judgment will place limitations on your life for the rest of it. And it's just important for us all to understand this. All of us are broken. All of us are broken. There's an endemic sin that runs through this world. All of us are broken to an extent. And the second that we lay judgment on someone else is the moment we need to start removing the log from our own eye. The fact is, if I judge someone, it's revealing the sin of pride in my life. So the answer to judgment is realizing we're all broken and we all need God's grace. Amen. When people get offended... And they withdraw. They're actually falling into one of the oldest tricks in Satan's book. John Bevere, the theologian, the teacher, calls offence the bait of Satan. Offence will actually set up a pattern in your life where it becomes easier and easier to get offended. And you become bitter and eventually isolated and resentful. So recognize the lie of offense. Recognize it for what it is. It's the enemy trying to steal you away and imprison you in a cell of thinking that you can't escape. When people lose hope 
and withdraw. What's she saying that God can't be trusted? I just want to encourage you today, if you've lost hope here today, the Lord is our hope. He is our hope. And I just want to share a couple of scriptures with you in conclusion today to just encourage you, how do I regain my hope? How do I get to that place of hope and trust again? Romans 15, 13 says this. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then it says this. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, if you want your hope restored, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with hope. Holy Spirit, I'm struggling. I don't have that hope. I don't have that assurance. I don't have that trust that I once had. I've been hurt. I'm disappointed. But Holy Spirit, I invite you to come in and fill me once again with that hope. Psalm 43, 5. Why am I discouraged, David says. Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my saviour and my God. Friends, if you're struggling with hope, if you've withdrawn because you've lost hope, let me tell you, keep praising till hope is restored. You may not feel anything. You may not feel anything. It, It may just be an action. It may just be a routine that you go through. But let me tell you, the time will come if you keep praising Keep praising beyond your emotions. Keep praising beyond what you're feeling because the time will come when the Holy Spirit will invade that moment and transform your situation. I've seen it happen time and time and time again. Final scripture. Psalm 119, verse 81. I am worn out waiting for your rescue. I believe there's people here today that feel like that. I'm worn out waiting for your rescue, but I have put my hope in your word. I've put my hope in your word. Let me encourage you, friends, keep meditating on the word of God because his word restores hope. If it's just the case that you feel safe when you withdraw, problem is this the problem is that the wall of protection becomes a barrier of restriction it'll bind you up and let me encourage you today to step out beyond the hurt the disappointment the rejection the resentment step out beyond that and into the love of our savior presence of the Holy Spirit if you want to grow old gracefully be an encourager have a generous spirit do real life together and don't withdraw or shut down when things go bad 
while their eyes are closed this morning, there may be people here and it's like the Holy Spirit's just been pinpointing things in your life this morning, things you're going through and he has been gently challenging your heart. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. If that's you this morning, can I ask you to do one thing? We're a family here. We're a family church. Can I ask you, if that's you, could you stand to your feet? And we're just going to gather around. We're going to pray for you. Not going to do anything preachy. We're just going to pray for you. While eyes are closed, why don't you stand now? Thank you. battling discouragement like you've never battled it before you need to see him thank you thank you Jesus thank you thank you thank you let's pray now these wonderful people. Lord, I thank you for those who have responded. Lord, they're going through a, a difficult time, a tough time, a time of discouragement perhaps. But Lord, today by your spirit, fill them afresh with your love. Let them know your love today. Let them know how precious they are in your eyes. Lord, take the burdens that they feel, the heaviness, the weight of heaviness, and replace that with the garment of favor for them. Lord, even now, as we're praying, even now, as we're praying, let something lift, something lift, something lift. The circumstance may still be there, but by grace, the heaviness lifts and we can rejoice in God our Saviour. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for that in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. We're going to continue on with this theme next week. I think I've got about 12 of these different themes of growing old gracefully. By the time I finish, some of you will be just a little bit older. Thank you.